This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast and we're coming to you, it's another 24 hour after podcast and you know when there's a 24 hour after podcast normally things didn't quite go according to plan. Nottingham Forest came down to New Griffin Park and we thought this is it, it's nailed on, three points, we're going to be back on form yet again, Ivan Tony scores a penalty and we're like yes, we're right in there, but unfortunately, it didn't go to plan. Nottingham Forest equalised, we didn't get another goal, and it was yet another point. OK, we didn't lose, so I'm looking at the positive side, glass half full as they say. However, things aren't looking as rosy as they did probably about a month and a little bit ago. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual journal and I have decided to remove all the faff again because this is no time for having all the frills and the niceties of this podcast that we normally have. So this is a no frills podcast. Everyone is removed. The wink has gone. The JB is gone. The, the away fans gone. Every, everyone's got no XG, no PG, no XC. None of this nonsense. It's just me and the Laney in the house Laney how are you yes I'm still alive <laughs> um yeah it's uh it's 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 made for a pretty dull weekend I have to say you know I, I when I spoke earlier um on the on the previous one I said I don't I don't like early kickoffs I don't like the 12 30 slot at all um and yeah it proved to be uh just just as kind of like well depressing actually yeah I, I think that's not too 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 strong a word not too dramatic a word I think uh you know we were expecting a big performance and uh the start of the game um, it, it, it sort of like set up well we, we had a nice start and got another penalty third on the trot and uh, you know we thought we'd build on it so it, it didn't happen again so it, that just here we are talking about ifs buts and maybes and uh, you know I think we're we, we go to this international break now uh, all of us need a break and the players need a break and I just wish most of the squad were getting one so we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit but uh yeah it's, it's a little little bit kind of uh just like a bit of a damp squib wasn't it yeah, definitely a damp squib i mean it's quite funny because after the uh, derby game in the midweek and i was a bit peed off about that one so uh, the, the podcast was knocked on its head and after that game as i said in the podcast that we did the following day i said i went straight to bed and uh, on saturday i must admit after we didn't get the win that we did today and there's all sorts of conversations flying around again and i thought oh no I think I'm going to go straight to bed again and then I realised actually it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon so it didn't, it didn't quite have the same effect as I was kind of lay down there and the sun's beaming through the curtains like you know so I got up and I think I actually tell you what I did actually I thought I need a bit of feel good 
and the football hasn't quite gone to plan so I thought I'm going to sit down with the missus and I'm going to watch a bit of football but it was a little bit of football removed from real life so I actually watched the final episode of that series Ted Lasso that I'd actually not um, I'd not heard about until somebody told me about it about about a few weeks ago and I sat down and I've watched it and it's one of those ones which if you haven't seen it I know a lot of you probably have it's kind of one of those really silly programs at series it's on apple plus i think it is and uh it's one of those silly series it's about football it's about this american football guy who knew nothing about football and he comes to manage a, a football team um which uh, afc richmond actually and it's all based around richmond green it actually um it's all based in one of the pubs that we actually do one of our podcasts in which is the creators you know all the fans that are congregating there you know <laughs> and it's so stupid it's actually quite funny and I just sat down there and I watched the final episode and I uh, laughed away for 35 minutes because it was only 35 minutes long and I actually felt a lot better after watching an American who knew nothing about football relegate his... T- Oops, so I'm not going to tell people what the final thing is, but, you know, <laughs> whatever happened in that final episode and uh, all the fans cheering and all that kind of stuff and it actually made me feel a lot better after what went down at New Griffin Park. So there you go, Laney, if... Uh, if, if your team fails, just turn on the TV and watch another team well, fail I, as well. I, well, and, I did. I did try. I mean, I, we put, I put the Watford game on, but they were they were sort of two up before, you know, before I could even fart. And then um, I, at least at least Swansea, at least Swansea perked me up later on. But it was kind of like you know what whatever by that stage. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't quite go to bed at half past two <laughs> in the afternoon though, mate. That was uh, that would have been a little, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sort I, of I admit, watching the Chiefs play at five uh, thirty. Actually, I had no interest, so I didn't. I didn't watch that game as well. I felt like a sport kid, don't you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but I'm sure a lot of people were exactly the same because I just thought, you know, what happens there, it doesn't really matter because it's so much in our hands. We, we can't be sitting down there and celebrating other teams losing at this very moment in time. We need to fix our own house. Um, and talking about fixing our own house, I'll tell you what as well, because obviously, you know, this podcast will come out whenever it comes out. We're recording it on Sunday evening, like I said, 24 hours after the game. But I might take another one or two days to actually edit it and put it out there because uh, such is the mood at the moment now. And by the time it comes out, maybe everyone's feeling a lot better. But we had a, an idea for another little podcast during the international break because we thought tell you what games have been coming thick and fast and every Saturday uh, you know and then every Wednesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday Wednesday we keep doing a podcast on a Wednesday podcast on a Sunday and it's the same old same old we talk about our Brentford are brilliant then our Brentford are rubbish and our Brentford are brilliant then our Brentford are not as good and they keep dropping bo- and, all, and it just keeps being the same and we thought tell you what why don't we do a podcast which is completely different for the international break Let's just throw it out there. Let's just try a different format. So, we, you know, put it out there and we just thought, you know, I asked some of the podcast crew, do you fancy uh, having some questions asked at you? And they thought, mm, yeah, we wouldn't mind. So what we've asked is that fans are just literally just throwing questions. And these questions can be any questions. They can be Brentford related questions, current questions, old school Brentford questions, none football, you know, Brentford related questions. They could be just general football questions or they could be nothing to do with football whatsoever. They could just be anything at all. And we'll just try and mix it up. We'll put it on a podcast and we'll have something which is just a little bit different. And maybe maybe it might be quite interesting. You you quite fancy that, Laney? Yeah, we might as well mix it up. It might work, might not. Might be might be a blast, might be crap. Who knows? But you've got to try these things, haven't you? That's right. And we've already spoken to, like I said to you, quite a few people who are quite interested in throwing in a few questions. Like I said to you, anyone listening out there, if you fancy throwing in a question, besotted1992 at gmail.com, just throw it in there. This is early days and this is almost like a bit of a pilot. So we haven't gone mad and sort of thrown it out there to the whole world for them to throw in loads of questions. We could only probably get in about 10 questions or so in one show. So we thought, let's throw it out there. Let's see how it goes. And then from there, if it's if it works all right. We could tailor it for the next one. And again, it's not going to come out every week. You know, we do it for this international window. Maybe we'll do it out. You know, if it works out, maybe one another one before the end of the season, then we'll see how it goes for next season. So, like I said to you, new idea. And uh, we've got to think of a name, obviously, because obviously loads of questions being thrown. Any, any ideas of a, of a name, Laney? Um, how about, um, you mentioned it was a pilot. So let's call it uh, the Besotted Airways podcast. Besotted? Besotted Airways podcast. Yeah. 
So people are really confused when they listen to it. And uh, lots of people will be asking lots of questions. They'll be like, what's this got to do with planes? I've got no idea. So we'll, we'll work on that, as you can see. As you can see, we haven't, we haven't given that so much thought. But anyway, listen, we're going to just chill out for a little bit. We are going to go to uh, have a break. Might have a little bit of a drink. You've got the old swear filter on today. You've got the buzzer. I've got it all on there. But all the, te- listen, the technical capability of this podcast is second to none. So anyway, we'll be back after this break talking about Nottingham Forest. So anyway, um, <laughs> we're actually looking for any excuse not to talk about Nottingham Forest. Let me see what else. Could I- tell you something, actually. Tell you what is quite interesting, actually. Just talking about going on a deviation. I, 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 I as you do in lockdown and a lot of people I think can relate to this you start just doing different things in lockdown things that you probably never ever considered in your life that you were going to do and all of a sudden I sort of kind of bing and I popped up and I ended up going on to ancestry.com and started to do a little bit of research into uh, into my history my family history and I thought this could be quite interesting and before I know it I've been snaking my way into all sorts of continents all over the place and also my wife has been doing the same thing as well and uh, there we go and you know obviously I'm you know England and my brothers and my cousins and then we flip over to Jamaica you know where my dad was and then British Guyana or Guyana where my mum was and you know in America where my parents where my parents live and you know the, the relatives are and then Canada there's all sorts of other thought yeah this is all you know I know all of this then all of a sudden I start to go up my mum's line sort of kind of Guyana and then bing next minute I found out that my mother's mother came from Brazil so my great grandmother or my mother's mother or it's my mother's my mother's grandmother was Brazilian so my great-great-grandmother was Brazilian. So I've actually got Brazilian heritage. And like I said to you, the pride that I have is I just thought, actually, I might be related to uh, Emiliano Marcondes. Are you quite impressed with that, Laney? Not really. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's good to know your history. Was it enough to make your heart go? Or do you just... It was enough to make yeah. your heart go. It was a bit of a weird one as well, actually, because listen, I, mean, I had no idea... You know, I was going anywhere near that sort of kind of South American region. So South American, have you not gone one step further back as well? Is there That's gonna be coming next there, week. Is that DNA is that DNA testing so, after that? Is so it? something as you say, so I'm looking here at the Watch moment this now. space. Watch oh this actually space, I know what my question's <laughs> gonna be now. So No that, that that must be incredible to be honest with you, like because you know no, it emerges sort of um, DNA and history and geography. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for a bit yeah, of that, mate. Right. I've got the, I've got the little uh, I've got the little test tube there on the counter in front of me there, and I've got to put my spittle inside it and send it off to some lab <laughs> over in Ireland, and then they're going to come back to me and tell me exactly what parts of the world that I do come from as well, because obviously the whole African part of that has actually not actually even come in to the whole picture here. So you know, I'm saying so. Watch this yeah, so space. Watch this space. I'll be, I'll be going to Qatar. We're in about 75 different shirts with the Brazil shirt, with Jamaica shirt, you know what I'm saying, England, Ireland, you know, America, you know, all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, we talk about half and half scarves. I'll have about sort of kind of 16 and 16 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You got any, any idea where whereabouts in I've Africa? I've absolutely no idea whatsoever. I haven't, I haven't come down that ring on doing the manual yet, so I'm hoping okay. that the DNA part of it will actually kind of sort that out so it could be quite interesting. We shall see, but, you know... This is this is definitely more interesting than the Nottingham Forest. <laughs> we should do, we should actually get everyone, lots of one person on from a week with the podcast, and like you know, get them to do a genealogy D- D- DNA and just find out where they come from. Like you know, when that liberal Nick comes from, sort of kind of you know, sort of I don't know, from you know, he could come from Tokyo or from Japan or something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, actually, that's that's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> anyway. Um, I suppose we'd better talk about forests, shouldn't we, lady? If, if we have to, yeah. <laughs> let's, do, let's do it. Yeah, so listen, Nottingham Forest came down to New Griffin Park and I have to say we heard Holly talking on the podcast last week and Holly's probably up, you know, she's a very positive Forest fan and she was hoping they would get a draw if they pulled their finger out and did the right things. But speaking to all my forest mates, you know, all my chums, as you know, we, we got all sorts of chums all over the place and they were saying, not be funny, we are awful at the moment now and there's absolutely no chance that we're going to get anything out of this and when we went one nil up 
I got a call from Dave, who runs the South Bank Bar. He runs about eight or nine bars in Forest, which we go down to, and they're very lovely. As they welcome us when we come down there, we have a right drink up with him. And he said to me, "It's one nil, so early in the game. This is looking embarrassing for us. We're going to get absolutely smashed to pieces." And it didn't happen, did it, Laney? No, it, it didn't happen, and it was it was it was a little bit kind of deja vu, um, and it, it, it had a little bit of an air of the uh, the Blackburn Rovers game where we had an early penalty, and it looked like it didn't look like we were hanging on in there. To, we weren't holding out for the result. That's, that, that that's not true, and we were unlucky um, once or twice. Uh, you know, uh, Jensen was failed for for the, the equaliser. Um, um, Brian Buemo had a goal-bound shot deflected over. It was an incredible interception. Um, there was one or two other chances that, that on another day would have would have gone in. But there was a, a lack of uh, it was a lack of bite and a lack of kind of confidence. I thought um, you know earlier on in the season when everything's going your way, uh, I, I think you know that's, that's a three-nil win. Um, but uh, you know, it, this, there's something happening at the moment where there's a kind of a block, and it 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 wasn't it wasn't kind of easy watching at, at all. Again, Brentford has not become easy watching in recent weeks. There's always been uh, you know holding out or you know the the, the giveaway second half at Derby. Um, it. it, it the, I think the analogy is the wheels haven't come off the promotion push, but the tyre pressures need checking and maybe there's a new wheel needed um, or a new tyre needed. Uh, And I'm I'm hoping this international break provides that kind of respite. Unfortunately, though, you know, the the impetus has gone to Watford. You know, it's, it's theirs to lose now. They've got a seven point. Uh, advantage although we've got to play them and we've got a game in hand so you know we could be breathing down their necks again if, if those two things go our way we're kind of not clutching at straws there's still a long long way to go but you know we we've seen how the season's flipped in the last three weeks and you know we've been x out you know x, um, out xg'd um the it's just it's just it's hard watching you know, and even even with you know players like you know um, Norgard and uh, Pontus coming back, it's it's not given us that shot in the arm that we hoped. However, there's still a lot to play for, and there's still a lot forward to, and anything's possible. I mean, it is. I mean, what I will say, and what I will you know agree with you, and again, when we do this 24 hours later, it is you know we're a little bit more level-headed about it. Yes, we were unlucky. I mean, I was I was fuming yesterday that we didn't get the result that we weren't meant to get. But we were unlucky, you know. What we again, we've stripped this podcast away. So listen, it's great that we do the things that we normally do. It's a proper magazine podcast with lots of features, lots of bits, which gives you lots of information. But we've got rid of all of that. So we've got no XG charts this time. We've got no winker telling us what should and shouldn't have happened. But what we do know is that we were unlucky. We did create a lot of very good opportunities. And uh, they didn't go in the back of the net. So you might turn around and say we were unlucky because, you know, any other day they might have done. But also the other thing that I would say is that, very interestingly, I thought Forrest, you know, when they defended, they almost like threw their bodies in front of the goal. You know, like sometimes when you're kind of desperate, so you think, I need to make sure that we, we just don't put this in the back of the net. They literally threw their bodies in front of the ball, quite similar to what Cardiff did when against Swansea a few hours later, which I said to you, I didn't see the game, but I saw probably the last, last 10 minutes and I saw literally Cardiff players were flinging themselves, their bodies in front of the ball like it didn't, like it didn't matter. And I've said to myself, God, that is proper commitment, that is. And that is what you like to see when a team, when you're sort of thinking, you really, really, really want to get something. Not saying our players don't want to get something, but there is a definite difference between them flinging themselves in front of the ball and <laughs> and us heading the ball to one of their players and then him, you know, managing to get a shot in and kind of like, you know, with no one really challenging him, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, some people might think I'm being unfair, picking you know that moment out but all I'm trying to say to you is that there just definitely is a bit of a difference and maybe it is the fact that they're knackered and they need this international break which is coming up but I don't know there is definitely something 
that has changed in Brentford over the past month and a bit. I, I actually sent around to our group the league table from it wasn't only it was only about five or six weeks ago. The league table which showed us at the top of the league. And at that time, you would never believe that we were having conversations like this. We were delighted. We were so happy. We thought we were so brilliant. You know, even though maybe the signs were there even then, but we were getting the results. And the thing about it is that, as we said this before, you know, we've seen other teams who are there going, well, you know, God blimey, they're getting the results, um, but they're not actually kind of playing, you know, the way that they're, that, you know, that, that, that says that they should be getting those results. But we were getting those results. And maybe the signs were there from time. Same thing I said, that's what's happened to Swansea at the moment now. They were getting the results, but now things, things seem to be turning on their head because they weren't performing in the way that we thought they should be. So the fear that I have is unless we actually... Listen, we can be, we can be you know, not rose-tinted. I don't want to say this because I think that people have the right to be optimistic. I'm, you know me, I'm a glass-half-full person. And people go around and say, you know, whatever they can say, which is fine. Brentford are doing well. Brentford can do this. We've had great run. We've done 21 games. I'm all this kind of stuff. But the reality is you have to look at where we are now as opposed to where we were two months ago. And if you're turning around and saying that we are as good as we were two months ago, then you're watching a different game of football to me. And that is the fear because if we're going on the same trajectory now as we, well, the same trajectory then we're on a downwards trajectory and it means that we're going into proper gambling zone because as we come to the end of the season, forget about whether or not we get promotion, uh, you know, automatic promotion or not. It's about when we go into them playoffs, what happens in them playoffs? And you know that we, we ain't feeling that kind of playoff vibe because it's not really our thing. And if we go there on a negative trajectory where we're not confident, I really fear for Brentford. Yeah, you know, we're putting the we're going getting the crystal ball out again, aren't we? And sort of trying to guess where we're going to be at the end of the no, season. We all no, no, I don't agree with that, Laney. We're not trying to guess because we know where we're going to be if we continue on this trajectory. Is what I'm saying. If we don't, you know, if we don't, if we, otherwise we haven't we haven't got anything to discuss on this podcast. If we continue like we have done in the last six weeks, then we are going to be in a bit of a pickle. If we pick ourselves up in the next two or three weeks, then things will change. So us as fans who, who can't really, we can't, we can't affect this. We can't even go in the stadium and, and chant them and lift them. We're sitting in front of our TVs miles away, so they can't even hear us. So we're only keeping our fingers crossed, hoping that they can pick themselves up, basically. But we have to be realistic about it. We can't be, we're at the stage where, you know, we're the, probably the most positive set of kind of Brentford fans there's a lot of people who have been a lot more negative than than we have been a lot earlier some people have been negative when we're on a 21 game unbeaten run say ah you know rubbish let's get rid but we're, we're, we're very positive but I think we have to be we've got we got to see it as it is and at the moment now we are potentially in a pickle unless we can turn it around which is why we felt so low yesterday, about two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, it, it, it was it was a kick in the nuts. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to start clutching at straws. You know, there is so much still possible. Um, but you're right. You know, obviously you're right in so much as that. You know, we've we've fallen away. You know, we're not. We're certainly nowhere near fourth gear. We're 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 sort of in and out of second and third. Um, and it, it, something needs to happen um, during during this international break, and and I and I worry that Thomas Frank has kind of held it together really, really well. Um, yes, he's made massive mistakes, and we talked about that last last week. Um, but he's he's the one that bears the brunt of this, and he's the one that's got to find some kind of shot in the arm to 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 re-energise us um, and you know too many of our players it's great for it's great for the players uh, for their kudos and for them to you know be representing their countries but it's almost like the last thing that we need now is, is, is players going off and you know risking risking injury or you know using up valuable energy levels for for their countries and I, I, I know that ultimately that they're so proud to do that and you know we're not gonna we're not the club that stands in their way and denies them that opportunity you know that's why 
we can share in the Ollie Watkins great news this week, you know, him getting called up for England. You know, we we obviously hoped that would have been with us, but you know, it, it's we we're gonna get our joy with, you know, Norgard and um and uh you know like the other players going off and and and, and representing their nations so uh, when when they come back though we 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 have to we have to approach this next nine games like we approached the nine games when we came back from from you know the first lockdown uh we had a bigger amount of points to catch up at that stage we know it's possible however we did have more impactful players um, and players that came in and uh, just, you know, it, it was just wonderful to watch. Can history repeat itself? Uh, is it too much to expect that to happen all over again? I don't know. I don't know. We, we seem to be better suited to, to be catching up and to come from a position of weakness than we do defending a position of strength. So, you know... I, I rule nothing out, but you know it's it's Watford's to lose now. Yeah, I mean just just you know quite quite a few points that you said in there, Laney, which I've said all, all of them are, I think are very valid. I mean, first of all, on the international football front, um, Ollie Watkins, great, great, proud moment for Brentford fans, proud moment for Ollie Watkins' family, proud moment for Exeter FC, proud moment for Brentford FC. You know, in in getting Ollie to that stage, um, I'd like to say as well. It was said very early here on the podcast that the Ollie Watkins would play for England as well, and it was a bit of a bold call. I think I made it actually a uh, very bold call at the time, and, uh, and 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 it's happened. It was what eighteen months later, or whenever it is, you know, which is great, you know. And we're not saying, oh yeah, we were right, you know. But the fact is that we could see quality when it's there, and I think it's not necessarily because Ollie Watkins is just scoring goals. It's because you see what other work that he did, which actually added to the team. And I think that, you know, I mean, you know, again, you know, it's it's one of those ifs, buts and maybes. But, you know, as we know, Ivan Tony, we tried to get him last January as part of Brentford. And we weren't going to sell Ollie Watkins. We we're going to have Ivan Tony and Ollie Watkins as part of the side. And, you know, Peterborough wouldn't let him go because they wanted to keep him there for the promotion campaign. But could you imagine what we'd have been like mm. last season if we had, you know, Ivan Tony, uh, Ollie Watkins, Saeed Ben Rama, you know, and Bumo on fire last season. But, you know, that's one of those things that just didn't happen. But I think coming back to it, Ollie Watkins, good luck to you. I really look forward to hopefully you, you know, come on in one of these set of international matches. I mean, I know they're World Cup qualifiers, so they're quite important matches to be quite honest with you. But maybe you're just there just to bed in to see kind of like, you know, what you're like, you know, in, in, in and around sort of the England camp just to get a little feel for it as well. But like I said, I look forward to uh, walking down Wembley Way, fingers crossed, knowing that Ollie Watkins mm. might come off the bench and score a goal against Scotland or, you know. <laughs> well, m- m- maybe he'll maybe get a start against San Marino, isn't it, on, on Thursday? You know, he'll, you know, there's a good chance he'll start in that one, and you know, score. I mean, they're, they're you know, England are going to win quite, quite comfortably in that game. That's probably the one to, to play him. Watch this space. It's, it's worth a fiver, isn't it? Ollie Watkins to score for England on Thursday night. That's right. And then you've got Thursday before that, we've got Ethan Pinnock playing for Jamaica against the USA, which I've got to try and find a, a way of watching that one because it's not being broadcast in this country here. It's on, I know it's on ESPN in America, so I'll have to find a way of watching that. But, you know, there's, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, it's, it's going to be actually a, a nice break having the international break. See, you notice how we've managed to deviate away from talking about Forrest again, which is great. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going a nice break and I think for everyone else as well even if you're not into the international football because I looked at the football schedules I thought let me see what is on TV and I looked and I'm not being funny there's about 3,742 international games on TV <laughs> over that two weeks so uh, if you want to get away from the championship and just completely rid your mind of it literally go to Sky They've got all the games on the red button, you know, Slovakia versus kind of Macedonia, whatever else you want to watch to. You can just 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 immerse yourself in non-championship football and you'll probably come out of those two weeks feeling a lot better. And the reason why I say that is, well, obviously, I think it could be a bonus for the players because maybe a little bit of a change of scenery also might be good for them. They're going away. They're hanging out with different people. 
different type of pressures, playing games which, you know, like I said to you, San Marino, um, you know, well, okay, we haven't got any players in the, in the England squad, but, you know, you've got the Danish players who are playing matches which, you know, if they win them, it might give them a bit of a buzz. They might come back buzzing. So, you know, maybe it might have a positive um, effect on our players when they go away. That's a good way of looking at it. You know, I, th- I think in, at, at the moment in lockdown th- three or four, whatever it is we're, <laughs> we're on at the moment, um, I guess there's that groundhog of routine and, and family uh, or, or sitting in sitting at home on their own, some of the, some of the youngsters, um, and then going into training and then you've got your match day routines. And then if you're able to fly off and, and be with, uh, you know, fellow fellow countrymen and um it's, it's just a different different set of conversations and a different routine so you know it, it hopefully as you say bill you know it's, it's worth looking at it on the positive side you know if we if we can't wrap them in cotton wool and make sure that they've all recharged their batteries for us at least we can hope that you know just a change is as good as a rest yeah i mean listen we can't deny the fact injuries has scuppered us this season we've talked about this before so we're not going to go over old ground but the thing that we say is that you know the club knows about luck and they know that we've been pretty lucky with injuries over the past pretty much the past five years so this is the year where it's uh, we've been unlucky and it's the year which probably we really needed to do it because we made you know we made some some big investments and we probably didn't reinforce as, as well as we should have done um, you know but it's kind of one of those ones which it may have worked out for us it might not worked out for us but it's one of those things which we have to put our hand up and say listen you know yes some players are not playing to form but also injuries has scuppered us it's scuppered other teams as well you know um when we talked to them about this as well we can't deny the fact and i've thought about this a lot over the last you know again well obviously the last 24 hours but over the last few weeks that we are probably and this doesn't make sense at all not as good a team as we were last season but what we are is that i think we are a much more experienced team than we are last season so everybody's learned from last season so a lot of them is, so what happened is that last season we were scoring goals even though we scored a lot more goals this season than we did last season but then we've got a lot more goals focused on one particular player um, we're well I was about to say we, I haven't got the comparison we're letting in it seems like we're letting in more goals than we are last season we're not just defensively tight as we were last season but we've got more points and we're in a higher position so people are saying, oh, because we're in a higher position, we've got to be better than we were last season. What I think is that if we had taken the team that we had last season and taken them into this season, exactly the same team, with the experience that we've got now and the know-how how to kind of like do what we're doing now, we would probably be flying top of the league because we'd have that experience plus the players. OK, I'm not sort of begging for oh, this is we got it. No, it's none under that, but I'm just saying I'm making a point trying to say that what we've done is that we've improved in certain areas, which has enabled us as a team to improve and get more points. But as a team, I don't think we are better than last season's team, if that makes sense, you know what I'm saying, even though we're doing better. So, again, I think that's quite an important point to have because it's at the stage where we have to... We've got to when we have to pull things out of the bag... <laughs> What do we have to pull things out of the bag? We, we're going to need players to either pull together and as a team be completely fantastic or we're going to need individuals to step up their game and pull things out of the bag. And that's what we're going to have to really see over the next few weeks. And to me, I'm, again, I keep saying I'm glass half full because I'm, I'm, I'm quite positive-minded, but I'm also quite level-headed about it as well. And as you know, a few weeks ago, was it last week, I did this poll survey thing where I went out and asked, you know, a load of Brentford fans how they think their next 11 games are going to go. And it's down to nine games now. And simply just asked them for a win, a lose and a draw, totted up the totals and then we matched it up against what the statisticians were saying and also what historically second place got. And... Um, you know that is on besotted.com i'm also going to put it in the link to this as well because uh, to this uh, podcast because i think it's really important to check that out and you should go and check that out definitely the reason why i keep mentioning this is this has been my barometer and my sort of kind of savior and it's keeping me level-headed because i've seen you know brentford have lost and lots of people are going they're going bonkers oh no how can we lose to nottingham forest oh no how can we lose to oh no don't we didn't lose them we drew them oh no this is terrible however doing that 11 game 
match thing. With the results that I've got so far, we were spot on with Derby. And with Nottingham Forest, I expected them to win, as did 90% of people. 90% of people expected us to win. Seven, I think it's 7% expected us to draw. Or 8% expected us to draw. Only 2% expected us to lose out of that. So basically, that shows you what a coupon buster that game was. But recently, we dropped two points so far as to where I am. Now, I'm looking at what I've put down, and I thought, well, the next game, I expected us to draw against Huddersfield. So now we've upped our game. We need to win against Huddersfield. If we do that, we're back on track from where I thought we're going to be, which is getting promotion. But all it does is it means that for the rest of the season, we haven't got much wiggle room. We have to kind of perform to the highest level. So we have to, after that, beat Birmingham City. And everyone says, ah, Birmingham, they're really easy. Listen, they've just got Boyer in, who's going to try and make them more difficult. So that's not a given anymore. So... Things have changed a little bit. So even though I'm not worried looking at that sheet, I'm kind of worried by the way that Brentford are playing as to whether or not they will be able to match up what is on that sheet. Do you get what I'm saying, Laney? Yeah, yeah. No, we, you know, guess, guessing results is, is you know, it's, it's, it's uh, it, 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 I think it's, it, that was a worthwhile uh, exercise. And I said, I said the last, the couple, last couple of podcasts that, you know, it helps you realise that. It ain't over till it's over, basically. So, um, but you know, if we're if we're being one hundred percent honest, like looking looking at the last couple of games, last three games, and then comparing to how we were after lockdown, you know, we're a million miles away from that, and we're a million miles away from looking like a Premiership football club. Uh, but if you look at the form going into uh, the, the, the 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 sort of COVID lockdown, just the build-up to the the Fulham game that never happened. I know we beaten Sheffield Wednesday five, um, but before that we were we were you know we were patchy. So we I don't think we were in in any better nick going into lockdown version one than we are now. Um, but we came out of it on fire, and that's exactly what we got to do. You know we have to come out of it with a win, and then we have to build on it, and we have to have a sequence of wins, and then hope other results don't go our way. Uh, do go our way. So you know I have to be honest with you. You know looking at Swansea last night and looking at Swansea, we've watched them a lot recently. They're nothing to. They're no great shakes either. They're not in great nick. Um, Watford are. You know they're 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 churning out the results. That's not to say that they come out of the international break and it happens for them. It's come at the wrong time for them. The last thing they need now is a break. They just want a game tomorrow, game Thursday, game Sunday. They just want games all the time. And you know they may just pull away. You know them and Norwich might be off into the sunset. You know numerically that's that's the case. It's it's both of theirs to lose now, but. The, the championship is the most ridiculous league. We've seen it. You know, we're not we're not the most sort of long in the tooth, experienced championship teams or fans. You know, it's fairly new-ish to us still. But what we've seen in the last half a decade now, or a little bit more than that, is that you can't predict jack shit. You you really can't. You know, Leeds were off with the fairies like two three seasons ago. They they ballsed it up. They were out. This time last year, you know, they, they couldn't buy a win, and then now they're, you know, they're they're not going to get relegated out of the Premiership. So, you know, it changes just like that, and we have to hope that it does it again, and we're we're there to to tuck in. But as I say, you know, from what my eyes tell me and what experience tells me, we're we're a million miles away yesterday from being a Premiership football club. So that's not to say we won't be. But it's just a lot needs to happen, and that's, and that's why I say Thomas Frank. He's he's he's. I, I feel I feel for him. You know, I I I I bullet pointed all the things that he had to do, and I'm, I'll do it again. You know, he he had to motivate us for those last nine games. He had to get us focused um, after the, the disappointment of the Stoke game and the Barnsley match. Um, we beat Swansea over two legs after being a goal down. We had, he had to pick us up off the floor after losing to Fulham. He wasn't really backed massively after in the transfer window after losing Mumbuemo, after losing uh, Ben Rama and Watkins. Um, he's 
got us on this ridiculous run where we've not only not only sort of matched last season, we've surpassed it. We've gone to the semi-finals of the League Cup. We've just got more points and we're fourth in the table in the, the final nine games of the season. He's done all of that with huge injury problems and, you know, it's COVID. We had th- about five weeks, four weeks between seasons. You know, it's ridiculous. It really is unprecedented. And, you know, he's got this pressure on him that if he fails again, you know, is he going to be out of a job? I, I don't I don't think he... I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't think he's under that kind of pressure. I think the, the other people around him are kind of, like, hopefully helping him. But we are still, for the second year running in the best position in my Brentford supporting life. Now, you know, maybe that's just me, um, but I'm 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 not one for throwing the towel in and, and I'm and I'm not gonna do that. So, you know, I I'll keep believing until it's impossible to believe anymore and I think we're in a very, very good situation. It could be better, I wish it was better, but it's certainly not over Bill. Uh, the one thing I, I mean, I've got to point out here as well, and you talked about Premier League football club, and obviously getting to the Premier League. Listen, we're probably disappointed because we've seen such great football, we've seen some great players, we've seen what we've been like, and we've dipped off from there. You know, whereas if we'd gone from mid mid mid, mid, mid table to where we are now, we'd probably be delighted. So there's also that scenario, as in the expectations that people have, and seeing the great football that we've had and how it's dipped away. But also the one thing that you have to remember is about getting to the Premier League. Um, you just have to get there because you know the thing that I said, you know, about the team now not being as good as it was last season in my eyes, and probably in a lot of other people's eyes as well. Um, in the fact that you know probably a lot of our team could have could have sat in the Premier League with a bit of bolstering, and you know, or, or if you take the team that we had and put it in the Premier League, it would do better, I believe, than the team that we have now in the Premier League. That is just my belief. However. When you go to the Premier League, it doesn't work like that because when you get into the Premier League, then you bolster your side and you could do it one of two ways. You can either do it like Aston Villa or Fulham did when they spent £150 million and just bought anyone and everyone and it was really terrible the way they had bought it or you buy it a little bit more creatively, which is the way that I think that Brentford would do and they're looking for the opportunity where they can actually move into that next market where they get a next set of players who are still undervalued but actually bring them in. So... Even if the team is as it is now, we're kind of almost, I suppose, put together a team to try and get us out of this division. Um, and then we need to step it up a gear because, you know, you're going to ask the question, is Mark Hondes a Premier League player? You know, is and this is not a disrespect to the players because they may, summer may come. We may go up, summer may come. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is great. Is Canos, you know, a, a Premier League starter? Like, you know what I'm saying? Is maybe even Jensen, is, it, is he a Premier League starter? You know, the, um, you know, is he Premier League? So these are the questions that you may ask now, but are they really relevant? Because, you know, listen, we're not even anywhere near the Premier League at the moment now. But if we did go there, a lot of this will change with the money that comes in and the change. So I also understand that. So I think a lot of this, we're talking about it out of frustration as to where we are and where we think we might be at the end of the season, which may be anywhere between actually kind of just pulling our air out to actually kind of going for another playoff match, trending down to Wembley Way, watching the Bees play in the playoff final, um, which actually could be quite a good thing. You know, If anything, actually, I'm kind of thinking if we can guarantee that we actually <laughs> yeah. played in the playoff final and won, I would actually much rather that happen and us actually go up in first or second place because this is for me this is just a, it's a nightmare just watching it in front of the TV is just it's just rubbish I've just said enough of it by now but if you could say tell you what Bill alright tell you what let's give it to Watford you're third place then you'll get Barnsley and then you beat them in the semi-finals in the final you'll cover Swansea and it's at Wembley oh and you and you win you know what I'm saying <laughs> but if you give it to Watford now you, you win and I'd say tell you something I'll take that all day every single day of the week to actually get back in the stadium cheer and watch my team and see them live this season once again. Oh, I'd, I'd absolutely love that. But it, it does, doesn't really work like that, does it, Laney? No, it's, no, it doesn't work <laughs> like that at all. No. Um, and uh, but you know, the, the next thing I'm, the next big thing I'm looking forward to is being back in the pub for was it Millwall? That's, that's that. You know, in my head, I, I, I am sick to death of watching the games at home now. 
you know whether it's whether it's sky or whether it's burridge or whether it's whatever it's it's i've had enough i've had enough of watching it on telly um i need to i need to get into the, a, a pub with friends and and on be watching it. I know, yeah, I know, no, I know, I know, the, I know it's the same, but it's different. I, I'm, I've had enough of watching it in in this environment. I, I need interaction, physical interaction with mates and and waitresses that bring beer to my table. <laughs> That's right. Well, I know we've been chatting to Paul, and it's, it's all been set up already. Um, I think the bookings went in before Boris even made his announcement there, so I don't know if there's a leakage coming out somewhere along the line, but I think Paul had, was inundated with requests that, that a week before the Boris actually said anything, so whether or not he's a, he's a private line into the number 10 I don't know but um, yes I'm very much looking forward to that Millwall match and all the other matches as well <laughs> but only if we can actually even tell you something even if we don't get the results because I think the thing about it is now if you don't get the results if you have another hour afterwards chatting about it moaning about it thrashing it out you actually do feel a lot better and everyone's talking about at the moment now interestingly from a year of Covid they're talking about the mental health issues um, and how this pandemic has really exasperated a lot of mental health issues different people deal with different things in different ways and you know my wife deals with things in different ways and she's you know she's doing things which has helped her you know she went off on one of her walks today again you know I mean I didn't go because I was still crying over the Nottingham Forest match which I left her to go off you know and she kind of you know met uh, you know I think one mate for a socially distanced walk somewhere and uh, and she's come back and she's reinvigorated but that's her way of doing her things you know for me it's like watching me football sitting down with your mates and that helps me to kind of release a lot of the pressure and I know a lot of the people out there are exactly the same and uh, we need this we, we, we need to get back to the pubs we need to get back into these social situations because it really is doing our heads in and we may actually have a little bit um, of news for you um, just hold off a little bit maybe in about a week we might have a little bit of news for you on something that we're trying to pull together um, yeah we're trying to pull together I'm not going to say anything more at this very moment in time but anyway like I said, we found another excuse to, to deviate away from the forest match. Is, it, is um, it's not it's not your DNA test results being <laughs> unveiled. Tell you something, that's going to be you've got the trumpet. Trumpet's coming out, and yes, that he's he's also Japanese. Like you know what I'm saying, it's like okay, I didn't see that one coming. So I'm probably related to Liberal Nick. Coming back to this forest game, um, you talked about Thomas Frank. Are you worried about Thomas Frank, Laney? Yeah, I think I am. If, 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 if I'm being honest with you, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think he bears uh, an incredible amount of, uh, of pressure, and um, maybe that's the snowflake in me is that I'm kind of not one that wants him sacked for for not being 25 points clear at the top of the championship. Um, I think that he could be struggling a little bit and I, and I, I don't think talk about bringing someone else in necessarily helps I, I, I think uh, we've all really struggled um, in, in, in lockdown with Covid being isolated uh, not, not being able to live a normal life and on top of that he's got this huge mountain of pressure um, on, on on him that's his job you know don't don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not i'm not going to get the violins out for you know he, he he's he is a a championship football manager by choice um and he will um be judged on his performances you know and his re- and the results ultimately but i think at this stage uh in proceedings um i, I think we have to kind of take into account that that you know it, it, it affects him too and he isn't a machine you know we've seen we've seen that we know what Thomas Frank is he's, he's, a, he's a lovely lovely bloke um, and he's a, he's a good man and, 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 I, and I just hope that the people that are shoving the, the shit about him online realise that you know he might read that too and you know I think Sergi Canos spoke um, on, on a Sky in a Sky article last week about how that the online trolling of him really did have an effect. You know, he, he was struggling to regain fitness after a career-threatening uh, injury. Um, and then to, to have people really 
really saying some vulgar things about him and uh, you know it, it's, it certainly didn't help and those people were fans of, of the club that he played for bear that in mind how twisted is that and you know in the same way we've got uh, Brentford fans openly talking about uh, sacking Thomas Frank uh, at this moment in time and you know that's that's for them to it's for them to you know to say that I'm not I'm I'm never one for you know saying people shouldn't voice their opinion but what we think think about what you what you might feel if uh, you know the people were saying that about you and your job at the moment you know the, pe- pe- people feel really shit and I, I just think that we have to get things in check slightly um you know he's a he's a good man. He doesn't he doesn't deserve I don't, I don't think to to get some of the ridiculous uh, vitriol. Um, whenever we seem to drop points, people are just there waiting, waiting to stab. You know, waiting to basically stab stab a knife into him. And and that's and that's that's the truth. Again, we, on this podcast, we've got the menace. Um, you know, uh, catchphrase as we do it. You know, because at the end of the day, listen, you can have a conversation. You can disagree with somebody everybody's entitled to have their opinion if you sit down and you've got an opinion about something but you can actually have a reasoned argument about it uh and and you can state your case listen there's no problem with that and you know we have invited numerous people on here who've got different opinions to say tell you something it'd be actually really great to sit down with you and hear your opinion which may be indifferent to ours and we've had you know we've had people on we've had you know Roy Oak B has come onto this podcast and uh, you know he's stated his opinions and we've sat down there and, and and he's given his thoughts which which is which is all good but there's a difference between having an opinion and being able to actually talk about it and have a good conversation about it and throw out vitriol which to be honest with you normally happens with people who seem to be unable to actually have a conversation right they're unable to sit down you and then you you throw something back it's like playing tennis you throw something back over the court you play a wicked little shot to them right they can't play the shot back over so in the end they just come over and smash you in the head with their tennis racket instead because that's their only way of dealing with it because they can't actually talk so this is what's happening that's not that's not right but you know just coming back to thomas frank you know he you say that you're worried about him uh, he's feeling the pressure do you feel that he's feeling the pressure more than others are feeling the pressure? Because I don't know, is he not used to it? Or do you think that it's just he feels that we should be doing better and we're not. So he's feeling that pressure and he can't. You know, say, say for example, if it was bad example, if it was um, if it's Neil Warnock, OK, would he be feeling the pressure in the same way that Thomas Frank would in exactly the same situation? But no, I don't, Warnock and McCarthy, I think they're they're. they're Built differently, you know. They're 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 different kinds of animals. I think um, I think Swansea manager is feeling it now. Um, I, I, I you know I, I'm less worried for him because he's not he's not my problem. But you know I I I I say that you know he's he's close to cracking because you know it's not going his way. Um, Watford. The manager's only been in the job five seconds, so every t- every time you know this is a different kind of pressure cooker there. Um, so I, I, I don't know enough about him because I don't think anyone knows enough about him. I think most Watford fans don't even know his name yet. So uh, there's this different situations at, at different football clubs, but our one, um, he 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 isn't going to be sacked because I am absolutely sure that the people you know the DOFs and the owner and the people that make these decisions they they that they are they know that he's the right man for the job and you know the deficiencies of this season really I don't think have been mostly of his making he has made some some you know some errors with team selection um, some timings of substitutions uh, he's he can be stubborn in the way he sets his teams up uh, he's not without he's not without blame and not without fault however over the course of the season I think he's held this together brilliantly um, and I get, I'm, I'm there to give him all of my support and to certainly back him for these next nine games or, or, or 11 games or 12 games or whatever it is and then we have these as I said last week we have these conversations in the close season not at the moment it's not, it's not right there's something I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna read this, but I just thought, tell you something. Let me just, seeing as we're going to be doing a little podcast where we're going to be having fans coming in, just just throwing in questions and giving their points of view. 
I'm just going to, I'm going to read this out, which is a message that came into Besotted a couple of days ago, and you've not even heard this, Laney, as well. But it came in, and I just, you know, again, it's one of those ones where I've just, I've just held it down a little bit. Then I just thought, as you were talking about this, I thought, tell you something. This is about airing what other, what everyone's views are. Everyone's got different opinions out there, and it's just interesting to hear what opinions are. And instead of turning around there and just lambasting them, saying that's a load of nonsense, I think it's interesting to hear them. Now, this is from a person who I who I know who's very, very level-headed, totally into the bees. Has been supporting them for years. Loves what they're doing. Loves everything about them. And obviously, this is probably frustration that was written after yesterday's game. Um, he says we are crap and we have been since the end of january because please read on don't 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 bin this now he goes um i listen to your podcast every week he goes i don't entirely agree with dave lane's comments at times except for what he says about jensen i keep saying that we're five to six players short of a good team jensen bumo moncondes godos force canos all are not good enough for premier league just about okay for championship I believe we will finish in 6th or 7th position. I also wonder what Ivan Tony thinks of the players around him. How many t- please find out how many times a simple passing ball goes out for a throwing for a throwing things when things not used to in the past 6 to 7 years. Um, I know we've got there's a lot of key players out but according but we've had enough qualities in our side to deal with it. I am really annoyed with this, um, with this since the unbeaten record, but the signs were there near the end of the unbeaten run. I was telling my mates that we were not good enough near the end of that run, but all I got was, you have to be positive, and now all these people are agreeing with me. If you're a fully matured football fan, you could see if your team is not good or not. He goes, but keep up your good work. I love what you guys are doing. You know, everybody out there, you, Laney, the Allard, everybody like that makes a lot of good comments and I think it's really positive and I look forward to listening to it in the next week as well. I'm not going to mention the person's name. He's going to be listening to this pod. He's, he didn't ask me to read it out. He didn't know I was going to read it out. But like I said to you, different people with different opinions and this is obviously written yesterday at the time just after we had frustratedly drawn to Forest. Yeah, well, you you can't argue with most of that, but but what what's the upshot? What's the upshot of it? I will go fuck it. Let's let's all jack it in. Let's tell the players not to bother turning up for the Huddersfield game because it's all over. You know, w- 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 you can't you can't do that. You know, it, what's, what, what, you don't get a you don't get a gold badge or you don't get any brownie points for you know for for saying we're shit every week and then when we are going, I told you so first. You know, we have we have been incredibly good during that unbeaten run, and yes, it was always going to come to an end. We we said that, you know, we we, we say it in different ways. It's not it's not like you know we none of us have ever said we will remain unbeaten forever. You know, we we are never going to lose a football match again. Runs come to an end. Great form changes. It happens for every single football club. We are no different. You know, we obviously want our club to achieve and for us to be supporting a club that wins every week. But football football isn't like that and I've watched enough of it. So yeah, I, I, I can't I can't argue with most of that because it's true. But it's not we don't put I don't feel we put a, a, a positive spin on it just for the hell of it. It's just like why why would how can you support a club that you you don't believe in and you know we have to support them and then we 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 have we have the debrief at the end of the season so so i i i chuck it back at them and say okay yeah fine but what 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 do you want the players to do do you are you are you just going to chuck the towel in because you know the players we want the players to go out there and give their all and and i think that's that's a defeatist kind of i told you so and I don't think that, again, I don't think that helps anyone. So, I mean, look, this, you know, again, throwing it all up there, devil's out of Kirk, glass half full, glass half empty, all that kind of stuff. We have had a, we went on a 21 game unbeaten run. Everyone's absolutely raving about us. We've now dipped off quite massively. Uh, not Interestingly, if you, if you believe in all the stats, which again, we have not put any of the stats into this show, but we'll throw in our ideas of what they are. We've dipped off, but what we've done is that we've dipped off so uh, Watford are performing better than us. 
Norwich are performing better than us, but still Swansea are performing much worse than we are. And even um, the likes of Barnsley, who are doing very well on their unbeaten run, still, we are still overall performing better than them. So it kind of still gives you an idea from where we are. So I suppose from a frustration point of view, it basically means that we're top three stroke top four at worst, but we're, we're not top two unless things change. So that I'm throwing that unless things change in there because we've obviously shown that we can be a top two side. What do we need to do or to change in the next nine games to be a top two side again? Because obviously there were certain things that were going for us in you know for for large parts this season which made us a side which was to be feared. Even though listen, we got the Ben Rama missing and we got this, we, you know, Norgard wasn't in, all this kind of stuff, but we still managed to make it work. So what do we need to do to try and fix things so that we can actually turn it around and actually get ourselves over the line? Because I do agree with you, Laney, and this is why I keep coming back to this poll thing that we did. At the moment now we're kind of on the edge, but if we could turn it around we can actually get back on track and we can do what we're doing because Watford are going to drop points. They are Honestly, they are going to drop points. It's only if we continue to drop points, they drop points, they'll stay ahead of us. But if we actually turn it around and start basically being on track for the, for the, for the results that I went for, which basically meant instead of drawing against Huddersfield, we beat Huddersfield. Instead of drawing against Preston, we beat Preston. You know, it, we make sure that we beat Birmingham City. If we do things like that, all of a sudden we start to get ahead of the game. So when Watford drop points, because all they need to do is drop two points, then we beat them. We have to beat Watford instead of drawing with them, which is what I said that we were going to do. That's when things start to go back into your hands. So, yes, we still have to keep within the game. And that's why I'm probably a little bit disappointed in thinking... I'm not sure at the moment that they're going to do it because they don't have signs of doing it. But if they go away for the international week and come back and bam, they're on fire. Listen, we're properly back in the game and we know that all we need to do is basically win one game when Watford win one, lose one game and then we're in there because that means we go into Watford and then we have to beat them and then boom, it's going to be a different story. We have to, we have to start playing without fear again. And, and, and that's my that's my biggest hope and my biggest wish is that we we approach these nine games in exactly the same spirit as we approached the, the, the nine games at the end of last season and we go out there and we set ourselves up to attack, 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 attack and don't box clever, um, don't concede possession, don't try and soak up and hit on the counter-attack. We have, we've got all the tools, assuming that the, the team's fit when when we take on Huddersfield, we have to go out there and and play uh, attacking football. And if we do lose, we've we've we lose trying to win the game. And I, and I think that's, that's that's all I I all I hope for for the last last nine games, and then hope other results go our way. And you know, just to go back to the the point of the you know the the the, the mystery letter writer, you know, again, you know. So after the Reading game and the Borough game, you know, and the Stoke wins, all, all those wins, it, were they not celebrating them, or were they just going, "Oh, we're crap. You see, uh, the wheels going to come off." You know, again, why, why, why would you, why would you do that? You know, it's it's not about being right. I I I don't claim to be right. I only ever claim to say what I feel. Um, I, there's there's no pat on the back for for. For prejudging that we're going to fail, and and and, and I and I think the chances are we might, but you know there's no like oh well I, I I said we were going to fail I was right, what 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 is the point in that you know I'd rather be wrong trying to support my club and you know want them to win and I'm still I'll still be as devastated and I'll still be as upset and frustrated and angry that we don't succeed, but. You've got to try and urge them on and want them to win, not not try and be right. I don't, I don't, I don't. I think that's a very, very strange mindset. I think. Well, I think there's two things here. I think this is a, you know, this is from somebody who's not, he's not pointing fingers, but someone who's frustrated, who is honestly a massive supporter. So it's not one of these who gets online on Twitter and just moans the whole time. Is that in fact the exact opposite? But I think the frustration is just, you know, the, sometimes the frustration boils over the people. And also you have to, as you know, the difference if you record a post-match podcast on the terraces at five o'clock on a Saturday and as to when you mm. actually take people's notes on a, a five o'clock on a Sunday, they're completely different as well. So I do, I do 100% 
understand where you know where he's coming from here and i just i just think it's good and i actually just throwing that into the middle there i just think it's actually quite important to to just to see what the varied kind of thoughts that are going around and especially from people i believe who are quite very level-headed uh very you know very very positive minded and like i said to you it's maybe the frustrations of knowing where they think that we should be and we're not going where we are now for me just you know coming back to that point about you know towards the end of the season obviously Josh De Silva in the side and a fit Josh De Silva in the side changes everything you know because you know we're missing that Josh De Silva in the side who's actually kind of able to change things able to run at defences able to you know thread particular passes in there um, t- able to take shots from uh, a certain distances as well and put the ball in the back of it so we really are missing that and obviously Rico Henry and you know that goes without saying and you know I'm on the downside thinking that Rico's not going to be back before the end of the season but what do I know you know maybe you know, Rico might come back you know four games before the end of the season if he does that then that's just going to be huge for us because it still means that if we're still in the game Rico coming back um, and maybe Josh De Silva coming back with four games to go that completely changes everything and if there's only three points within it you know with the game in hand you just never know so what I'm trying to say is I'm putting my glass half full down back on the table there and just saying as long as Brentford can continue to keep the game and not go backwards but just still keep kind of moving forwards and just keeping within the game we can still do it and I do I really do believe it doing that little whole thing but anyway so um yeah laney we've had a good chat today and uh, we've uh, shot the breeze about a lot there's been no frills on this podcast i'm very sorry that there's been no jb there's been no winker there's been no liberal mm. nick there's been no talk of kofi and buying brentford beer you know there's been none of this nonsense no away fans there's been none it's just been straight up talking about how Brentford none of that none of that nonsense funk none of that funk business none of that at all like you know we're just talking about Brazil we're talking about genealogy we're talking about all sorts of other stuff which has been very important in the moving forward of Brentford listen um I just want to talk and say to you quickly that we've got this new podcast idea which you know hopefully it's going to come together and if we do we should have that out by next weekend it's a question time podcast and we're going to ask some fans to throw in some questions any questions that they want to do as well topical question as well brentford questions non-brentford questions anything cooking you know husky dog racing just do whatever you know uh 1992 at gmail.com and then i'll get back to you and then we can work out how we can actually sort this out so which is all good but nothing of nothing about John Terry's. Absolutely mum. nothing at all about that. But anyway, this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. We've had a good old chinwag. It's a Sunday evening now. I'm going to go off and see if I can find any other football programmes with American managers who manage football teams who've got nothing <laughs> about it and give me a little bit of a chuckle. My name's Billy Grant. I've been sitting here with David Lane. Good evening. Good evening to you too. And listen, thanks very much for listening. Go to iTunes and write us a nice little review if you really like it. And we shall talk to you again in this new Question Time podcast at the weekend, as we say. Come on, youbies. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans